before we ever start coaching someone, we have you write out all the dreams. So we hear from your heart and then we have you write out all the reasons you can't have it. And we hear from your head and we're trying to get your heart and your head on the same page or in alignment. So we need to know what's getting you off track. What are all these wonderful ideas of yours? And the good news or the bad news is the good news is everybody's list is pretty much the same. The bad news is everybody's list is pretty much the same. And we just seem to be quite stubborn about letting go of these very popular types of things. You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert, as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Today, episode 25, we have on Lori Gerber. This woman rocked my world eight years ago at a Handel Group weekend workshop co-taught by Elena Brower, one of my favorite yoga instructors based in New York City. You'll hear my story of transformation from a fixed mindset of why I couldn't start my own business to a growth mindset in this episode. Lori is passionate about personal development and has been coaching individuals and groups for over 15 years. She is a head coach at Handel Group Life Coaching, and she teaches people to tell the truth harder than you think, and pursue their dreams through live events, one-on-one coaching, online coaching courses. She has made TV appearances on MTV, A&E, The Dr. Phil Show, and The Today Show. We talk about how to create that dream for your life that sets you in motion to start to make change. We talk about promises and consequences and the negative stories we tell ourselves that hold ourselves back. Often on this podcast, we talk about how to train and feed the muscle, but without the tools to start to integrate these good habits of nutrition and exercise, we can often feel lost. So if this resonates with you on some level, this podcast with Lori is just what you need. Lori Gerber, welcome to Muscle Medicine Podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. We talk about the muscle, how to train it, how to feed it, the largest organ in the body. And oftentimes we're teaching nutrition habits, workout habits, but there's one really important piece that's sometimes missing, which is how do we train our brain, which is not a muscle, but it acts like a muscle, right? Kind of like the idea of like, if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's where handout group comes in. And we met, I think, eight years ago. And it was a one-day seminar. It was you and Elena Brower. And it totally like made me angry for three three months. <laughs> we rocked your brain. Yes. You basically rocked my brain. <laughs> so I'll go into that story more, but can you tell us a little bit about Handel Group and what you guys do. Yeah, I would love to. Thanks for having me. So Handel Group is a corporate consulting and life coaching company. So we teach this thing called the Handel Method. It's a coaching method. And we teach it at MIT, NYU, Stanford School of Business, New York City Public Schools, Yale, Columbia, and about 30 other colleges and universities around the world. We teach it in big and small companies and organizations, and we teach it to thousands of human individuals, like probably the people listening. And 
we're always teaching this same basic method of which hopefully I'll be able to reveal some some kernels and nuggets from absolutely with you today. I personally came as a customer about 15 years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Because I looked over at my friend Lauren Handel Zander who had a very similar looking life to mine, two small kids, a husband, a job, a career, a business, a body, an existent sex life unlike mine which was non-existent and non-existent at the and, time uh, at the time exactly you know what <laughs> I have it now and she was positively buoyant and i thought holy crap there is something i have missed in all of my vast personal growth endeavors i had read every book done every course seen all the gurus it been in therapy you know i had done a lot of investment at that time already you did it all there's very little i didn't try and i tried some really out there stuff and all the usual stuff and the mundane stuff too but she actually seemed to be embodying what I wanted, this this buoyancy, this excitement, this actual... So I had all the little check boxes, you know, kids and a husband and a house, but it just didn't register into actual happiness and joy. There was something wrong with how I was thinking. And I hired her and she taught me the hand-on method very quickly. And very quickly, we fixed many, many areas of my life. And once my life got in very good shape, we thought about my career and it didn't take long to think that this would be what I would like to talk about for the rest of my life, or at least as long as it keeps working. So I talk about it because it keeps working because the more I talk about it, the more it works for me. And it is my great pleasure to help other people start to, to practice these very simple tools, really, that make all the difference. Yeah. A lot of people that we see in the clinic and a lot of our listeners often have the good intention of creating good habits. So like, I'm going to work out three times a week. I'm going to cut out sugar. And they like... That was the first thing Lauren had me do, oh, by the way. Interesting. And I did not come to quit sugar. <laughs> I did not come to coaching to quit sugar. She was like, oh, it'll be great. You'll love it. She's like, it'll be good for you. <laughs> so they maybe get on the do it for a couple weeks or maybe a couple days and then they fall off the bandwagon. Yes. So there is this concept in Handel Group called personal integrity. Trademarked. <laughs> Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> And I love it because oftentimes our actions and our words don't align. And then we feel out of alignment. And then we feel that feeling that you probably had, which is like something's off. Like something's just like, why am right. I happy? Right. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell me about personal integrity from like a handle group perspective? Yeah, sure. So our definition of personal integrity is when your heart, your head, and your body are in alignment. So that's a little different than integrity I had been practicing and learning about because I had heard about integrity quite a bit. And I was actually very good at making plans and keeping them, as many people are. Some, pe some people are very good at that, but it's not necessarily connected to the heart. So it doesn't bring that sense of fulfillment and happiness. And one of the things I always marvel at and I, when I look back and I think, well, what did Lauren teach me or what was the Handel Method's unique power to go beyond what these other modalities had done for me, I really think it was because it was addressing my heart, my head, and my body simultaneously, whereas other methods would inspire me, but not follow me home into action, right? Which I think a lot of doctors struggle with that, right? They inspire their patients. The patients feel motivated and excited to make good. And then they go home and there's just no, there is no accountability. And many modalities also would teach me good things and then even send me home with a plan, but there wasn't actual follow-up accountability and it wasn't necessarily connected to my heart. So Lauren got to all three. And I could talk more about that, but essentially one does not feel in integrity or feel good if they are not connected to their heart or their highest ideals, we call it, if they're not thinking and planning 
in alignment with those highest ideals. And then again, they could think and plan, but then not act. So if you're not acting in accordance with those highest ideals, or if you don't even know what they are, then you're not going to feel that feeling of alignment. Right. And I think one of the great things that you guys teach people is how to dream. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people undershoot themselves or they don't they don't dream big enough or they don't dream in a grandiose way that maybe we did when we were younger. One of the things that you taught me was to create this dream that is like so amazing that it like fills you up and it's like I think the word you use is like spine tingly mm. like warmth and amazingness. How do you help people create their dreams? So if their dream is to like feel a certain way in their body, like strong, toned, you know, maybe uh, limitless in their energy. How do you help people create that dream? Great question. And again, when Lauren first started coaching me and asked me to do dreams, which we ask all our clients to do at the beginning of every coaching relationship, the first thing they do is they have to write dreams in all 12 areas of life, even if they didn't come for those areas. We need to get to know what your heart has to say about all of that. And for many of the areas, I I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you do? What am I, what do you mean my dream for my body? I'd like to not hate shopping, right? Like if you, if you're really going to force me to tell you my dream for my body, I'd like to not hate shopping. That's about, I'd like to feel decent in the morning. I'd like to have energy, but I could barely even, I could barely even grok the concept of having a dream in my body because it was just a pain in my butt, right? It was just a, it was something I had to live with or get over or be responsible for that I didn't want to be responsible for. So just the idea of having a dream blew my mind. And then one thing she did offer me was, since you don't have a dream now, could you go back to a time? Could you remember it? Like, can you even, and even that was challenging, but I did. I, I eventually had this weird flash memory, which this happens a lot in coaching, of actually being in this sun-filled kitchen. And I imagine myself with my chest wide open and feeling very graceful as if I had just come back from some sort of yoga class and I was making a salad from my own organic garden outside my window. Wow. Now, my actual reality was I lived in New York City. I worked under fluorescent lights. I ate bagels and carbs and dairy at every meal, despite the fact that I'm allergic to both. I didn't sleep well. I didn't wake well. I didn't believe in exercise. I was against it. And I had sugar at every single meal. But there was that part of me that I think I had that vision maybe when I was 14 or 15 years old and I was visiting someone who had a lifestyle like that and I thought it was sexy. And it remained in my consciousness of like, oh, but if I could, you know, like if I could, and by the way, I don't call that grandiose. I call that heartfelt. And there's an important distinction because I am not asking people to dream pie in the sky. I'm asking people to dream inspiring to themselves truthful, goosebumpy, spine tingling, as you say, but not grandiose. Because the minute we go grandiose, the minute we go, I'm going to be an Olympian or I'm going to be a whatever, we don't believe it. Our subconscious can't swallow it. So right. it's important that it be a stretch, but doable, but it's important that it be true and specific to you. And that's why it was so helpful to remember back. So then my dream for my body became about being graceful, about being sensual, about being nourished about, you know, about all these words that inspired me instead of, I don't hate shopping, which is <laughs> just a complaint. It's not a dream. Right. Why do you think it's so hard for people to kind of go there? Two reasons, fear of failure and fear of success. The usual, right? We don't like being with feelings. This part of the Handel method is, I call it the heart part because it's hard and it's hard. <laughs> like it's, it's, it actually is so hard. When I ask people to write dreams, it's way harder than when I ask them to write 
their reasons they can't have their dreams. Right. Right. That the mind is ready to weigh in like that, but the heart has been squished and silenced and sort of sidelined a lot of the times because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be disappointed. So I think we're really conditioned not to listen to that voice very well or very sensitively. And then it makes us feel things, which is the point. That's why I want you to dream. I want you to feel it. But that's vulnerable because then you all of a sudden start thinking, well, what if I don't get it? Or you start thinking, well, what if I do get it? Then what? You know, like, what if I feel sexy in my body? Ooh, then I'm going to have to have sex with my husband. <laughs> right? Then I'm <laughs> right. no excuse to not buy new clothes. You know, like right. all of the, yeah. the future unknowns start to to flow into our consciousness. So the concept of dreaming. So when we first met, you did this exercise, exercise and I think there was like, it felt like a hundred women in the room, but there's probably like 50 or 60. And you asked everyone to write their, like pick an area, write their dream, and then to write every reason that you think in your head or you tell yourself why you can't have that dream. So my dream at the time was to have my own practice that thrives and it's efficient and it's sustainable and it's inspiring and, and it flourishes. And then I wrote every single reason, like how am I going to find office space? I have whatever, $200,000 in student loans, da, 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 da. And then you ha- had us go through this exercise of crossing off these things that we tell ourselves. And you were like, who still has something on their list? And I like raised my hand, like with a little T-Rex arm. <laughs> and you're like, let's hear it. And I don't remember exactly what I said. I was like, you know, I just have these student loans. And I think you said, if someone... I don't know if I remember this correctly, but like if someone like held a gun to your head and was like, you need to find a reason to find an office space and open a practice, you know, can you do it? And I was like, uh, 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 and I was so angry after. Sorry. <laughs> That's very harsh. The gun to the head. <laughs> but it's okay. I really went there. <laughs> yeah. But, and for like a couple months, I was like, ooh, that Lori Gerber. Oh, <laughs> like I was like angry, but it really like literally after those two months of anger, I found a space, rented space. I would treat patients before and after the place I was working. And after like three months, I was so busy. I was losing money being an employee somewhere else. Wow. And I got uh, chills. That was a good story. (laughs) Yeah. And now there's like, you know, when I graduated school, I was thinking, God, how could I hire an associate? That's like, Mm. you have to payroll and... And now it's like, okay, so now we have like six or seven employees and it's like this beautiful beautiful, like collaboration amongst practitioners. One of the great things I feel from that exercise is like the story we tell ourselves or things we tell ourselves of why we can't do things. Right. So you guys have this brat, chicken, weatherman. Yes. Can you talk about that? We have a few different names we like to name call. Yeah. It's so funny because that gun to your head, it really has stood the test of time as the... (laughs) way to get a human brain to go, well, is it really true that I can't? Or is it really just, I have a list of issues. I have a list of issues. I have a list of objections. I have a list of fears. I have a list of concerns. I have a list of shit I haven't dealt with. That's the truth, right? The truth is not, I can't. The truth is I haven't yet. I won't. I don't. And here's my list. And so again, before we ever start coaching someone, we have you write out all the dreams. So we hear from your heart and then we have you write out all the reasons you can't have it. And we hear from your head and we're trying to get your heart and your head on the same page or in alignment. So we need to know what's getting you off track. What are all these wonderful ideas of yours? And the good news or the bad news is the good news is 
everybody's list is pretty much the same. The bad news is everybody's list is pretty much the same. (laughs) And we just seem to be quite stubborn about letting go of these very popular types of things. So the most popular stuff we found is we call it the chicken. That's the voice of fear. The problem with the voice of fear is that it doesn't often come out and honestly just say, I'm scared. Because if your voice in your head just said, I'm scared, your natural response would be to comfort yourself and go like, oh, that's so great. You're up to something big. Or, you know, oh, you're scared. What are you scared about? Let's work on it. But we don't say I'm scared. We say I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I can't. It's too soon. I'm not good enough. I don't have the right experience. It's it's just... Tuesday. And Tuesday is a terrible day for that. Oh, it's Friday. and It's a terrible day. Right. So we make up, we don't say I'm scared, but the chicken voice has its whole repertoire of things that it says to you in your head to convince you that you should just stay in whatever situation you're in. Then the brat is the more childlike voice in your head, the the voice of the, and you have a young child, I have a young child, so we, we know this in the sound of a three-year-old, but it goes all the way up to, I also have a 14 and 16-year-old, and they have a little bit different variations <laughs> of the brat, right? I'm going out. You, you can't control me, right? Whereas the three-year-old will say, I didn't take that cookie. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? Right. So everybody's got their own brat voice. That's the voice of the part of us that just wants what we want when we want it doesn't want to do what we don't want to do when we don't want to do it, doesn't want to get out of the pool, wants candy at the checkout, you know, that voice. And again, it doesn't come out and say, I'm a brat. It comes out and says, well, I've had a really hard day. I deserve blah, blah, blah. It says whatever it needs to say to get you off the hook from your dream. And then finally, a catch-all, which pretty much captures all the rest of the, the voices in your head, which we call the weather reporter. And that is the voice in your head that's just, it's the way it is. This is just how it is. You know, when I was looking at my body, I thought, well, every woman in my family has this size 14, size 12 body. This is just how our body is, right? I'm big boned. Didn't it create big bone, thyroid, you know, whatever hormones. Like it wasn't even on my top five list of reasons that what I was eating and drinking might have something to do with what my body looked like, (laughs) which is hilarious. Yeah. So we hear this and it's tricky sometimes as a practitioner because we hear it. So like this morning I was working on a woman and she's like... We were talking about like, what's her routine or exercise or self-care. And she's like, oh, I just don't have time. That's very popular. And my immediate is like, I want to be like, that's the story you're telling yourself. You can totally (laughs) dream it and create like these uh, promises and consequences. And, but I have to be like, okay, let's like create the space because I'm not a handout group coach. (laughs) So I'm wondering like, as someone who does have practices of kind of creating an observation of what we say. So like if I say something, I'm like, okay, that's my brat talking. Do you find it sometimes like hard for those people to converse with like the rest of the world that may have not done (laughs) this kind of work? How do we talk to the others? I really feel like that sometimes. (laughs) I feel like this interview might be personal. Okay. So as somebody who has been one of the most obnoxious proselytizers and really gotten a lot of people angry at me and upset with me. I I think I can really speak to this from having messed it up really well. And from also, I think being inspiring, the best way to help other people learn is to model the, you know, we think I teach this all the time when I'm talking about parenting, like, yeah, whatever you're saying to your kid, great, but what you are modeling and what they are observing and what they are swimming in, that is what's going to transmit. So modeling is an amazing 
and and this is why I just get so upset when like personal trainers or doctors or you know people who are conveying this health information are not actually walking their own talk. Yeah. Or even life coaches, something's off, as yeah. you said. So practicing it yourself and then talking about it, you know. Oh my gosh, I felt the same way. I remember when I used to feel the same way about not having any time. I had this coach. The coach pointed out to me that actually everybody has the same amount, but how we design it is what's really affecting how happy we are. And then I realized, you know, this thing I was doing with my time was, you know, I thought it was important to someone else and I thought it was important to me. But then when I shifted to this other way of doing it, oh my gosh, right? So just what I would recommend every any practitioner who's listening, <laughs> anybody who's listening right now, come up with your top three favorite stories, concise, awesome stories that go from rags to riches, from from tragedy to triumph, that go from this is how it was yeah. then, this was the coaching I got, this is how I changed it, this was the new result. And be ready to inspire the people you're talking to with real life, vulnerable, honest, fun examples about how you have used that yeah. method. And yeah. then you're, there's no attack. There's it's, it's generous. It's loving. It's kind. It's educational. You're using yourself as a, you know, as, as I love to do, yeah. right? As the best guinea pig. And there's no judgment. There's no better than. There's no control. It's just, you're truly offering wisdom. Right. And then if they go, oh my God, that's amazing. How did you do that? You could tell them, well, I was held to account by a coach or well, I was... You know, I, I set some promises and consequences and I told a friend that I was going to do it and I owed the friend 20 bucks if I didn't. Or, you know, you start to yeah just educate because they want, they, they can then be receptive to that education because you haven't attacked them or... Yeah. Can you talk about promises and consequences? Oh, why, certainly. Because this is very tricky. It is tricky. <laughs> and so we can talk about all of the pitfalls. If you want to really encapsulate the three steps of living by personal integrity, you would say, number one, articulate that dream really get connected to it, fall in love with it, get your spine tingling, your gooses bumping. <laughs> and then number two, debunk your negative inner dialogue. Debunk it. Talk back to it. Don't believe your fear. Don't believe your brat. Don't believe your weather report and actually create new beliefs and new thoughts and new plans. Right? That's where, you know, eventually with my coach after she convinced me that I actually would be happier without sugar in my life and that it actually wasn't true that a meal is not complete without sugar and that it wasn't true that healthy food is disgusting, then we made a very specific physical plan, which was, you know, a certain meal plan, a certain number of times of eating during the day. Many, I recommend. Uh, who wants to be hungry? And then <laughs> my reward was that I could have a protein bar, right? That if I stuck to my plan, I could have my chocolate protein bar, which, at, you know, when I was giving up everything, that was a very nice big treat. And I would lose it if I didn't stick to my my new program of eating and drinking. And suddenly now everything came into reality. The rubber hit the road. I was going to have to moment by moment battle the voice of the chicken, the brat, the weather reporter, and actually figure out if I was going to keep this promise. And I did. I did. I mostly did. And when I didn't, I gave up my protein bar and it was sad and <laughs> I was forlorn and I learned and then I went back to the plan. And then very quickly, you start to get the positive results, right? Very quickly, you start to go, oh, I do feel better. Oh, I sleep better. Oh, I wake better. Oh, I, you know, I might want to have sex with my husband. Oh, you know, like you start to, you know, you start to get the positive feedback loop. So then the consequences become like a safeguard, but not the inspiration anymore. Whereas in the beginning, your inspiration is to avoid the pain of the consequence. So that's kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of promises and consequences. So like as 
you're going through, because obviously it's like retraining the brain because you're yes. like, I want sugar breakfast. I want sugar lunch. I, you know, whatever. And don't forget in between meals. <laughs> in between meals. I that too. You're like, well, I can have it because I deserve it. Or, but no, like, do you have people write down like the inner dialogue? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's, again, the thing that was different about the Handel method than other things I had tried was we were deeply getting to know my subconscious. The inner dialogue I could easily detect and also the inner dialogue I couldn't easily detect. And that was essentially my God. That is what I was bowing to. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know what it was saying. It was saying that healthy food is gross. It was saying that I can't change. It was saying I need sugar. It was saying I don't want to be with XYZ person saying things that I would never have been proud to say out loud or that just wouldn't hold up if I had said them out loud. So there was a great deal of writing both in the beginning of coaching and throughout coaching where I had to, as I was going through breaking whatever habit it was where I would have to also listen to what the voice in my head was saying. And that goes for this very day. Right, I, I was uh, started to have some anxiety and some difficulty sleeping recently. And I'm right again, right back to going, literally when my coach asked me, what's your inner dialogue? I said, I don't have one. And she was like, uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> Go, come back, come back with a better answer. And then, you know, and then, you know, everything came flooding and I realized, oh, I'm saying this is just part of my DNA. This is my lineage. I'm stuck with this. Who cares? It's no big deal. I'm not that tight, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. The human condition, really. <laughs> so for those of us that are like type A New Yorkers, <laughs> who we have a promise, we have a consequence, we break our promise and feel like, oh God, like this is, this is it. I can't do it. Like who maybe are maybe overly hard on themselves. What would you recommend? Because some people like we get them on a good path and then like there's a little hitch, whatever it is. And then it's like everything goes to shit basically. Interesting. Interesting. Well, first of all, the design of a good promise and consequence is not, it's not simple. There's an art and a science to figuring out what's the stretch but doable promise yeah. that is doable and inspiring, but not too crazy right now. Like when I started having sex with my husband again, I didn't start with three times a week. I started with one time a week, right? <laughs> now I'm up to two. I could go to three if I really needed to, but we seem to be in a good, you know, so a good groove. But, you know, so there's a gradient, of really picking the right promise and the right... And then the consequence has to be annoying, but not punitive. So that's a really important distinction as well. It is not a punishment. We are already extremely self-punishing. Yes. Especially type A New Yorkers. Totally. Extremely self-punishing. Totally. That's actually completely counterproductive. And that's, that's another point I want to make, which is all that beating yourself up and guilt and feeling bad that is a tactic of the brat and the chicken and the weather reporter. That is not a tactic of your dream. Your dream's tactic is get inspired by the dream, debunk your dumbass theories and excuses, and then get into action. And if you don't do the action you said you would do, pay a consequence, no drama, done. It's like no just resetting. Of, reset, you, paid your, you did your crime, you did your time, and then go back. And if it was the right consequence you will go back to keeping your promise. And if it is the right promise, you will start to feel you're getting your dream, which will cause that positive feedback loop that you want so that you start to get inspired by your dream, not by the looming specter of a consequence. So you really do have to get the right stretch but doable promise that's going to really nail the issue, right. which again, we're not that good at on our own often. 
and you need the right consequence that will be annoying but not punitive. So for example, I pay my kids 20 bucks if I'm late to dinner. Because even though I work on the fourth floor and dinner is on the second floor, I would often be late, <laughs> right? Because I had one more thing to do. I just didn't have time, the right. Famous, right? That's not true. Of course, a gun to your head, you can be on time to anything. You can be on time to everything if right. there's a gun to your head. Right. So 20 bucks to my kids annoys me, but I can afford it. I can live with it. Luckily, I rarely ever have to pay it because, of course, I have 17 alarms set. Everybody in my life knows that I leave my desk at 630 So that's an example. But for people who are, and we could talk more about different types of consequences because it's fun to just brainstorm them. Can you give us some examples? Like for people who've never done the process, like some examples of really, I don't know. Well, tell me some of your favorite things you wish your clients would promise. Tell me what you wish they would promise. Tell your top five things you wish they would promise. I wish that they would not say it's so hard to eat healthy. So literally, you want them to stop saying negative things. I want them to... I mean, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So I've, I've given that promise. <laughs> so let me think. So I have one client. She's a dear. Her goal is to tone and lose weight and get out of pain and be less anxious. So she finds it hard to cook for herself. And she finds it hard to avoid eating croissants on the weekends. So... <laughs> and my encouragement is like, if this is your dream and this is your goal... Like get really clear on how you're going to get there. And maybe it means not visiting the bakeries of New York City on the weekend. Oh my gosh. I remember one of my coaches once telling me, the bakeries are awesome to smell. (laughs) (laughs) She said, just see if you can get as much enjoyment out of smelling as you do out of eating. And again, my brain exploded. I was like, what are you freaking talking about? Do you know how I was raised? Yeah. No, she said, I do not. And I don't care. So anyway, so you want your clients to quit sugar. You want your clients to reduce carbs and or sugar. You want them to agree to exercise a certain amount of time. Yeah. You want them to get up every hour and walk around their yes. office. Yes. I want them these to do stretches of, at their You want desk. them to drink a certain amount of water. Yes. All of these great things. Okay. So just, I'm just giving some examples. Yes. So one of the best kinds of consequences we can do is a giving up of one's vice. So my reward at night is Netflix or, you know, TV. I should get paid by Netflix. So I'm going to just talk about it all the time. <laughs> my reward, my reward is, we'll call it old fashioned TV. Okay. And then, you know, some people's reward is a glass of wine or three. Some people's reward is pot. Some people's reward is porn. Some people's reward is social media. Some people's reward is gambling, right? Or playing uh, some certain candy crush or some certain game. Right, right. right. So people have like how they reward themselves, i.e. their vices. Cigarettes, I forgot, one of the most famous ones. So if you have to live consistent with your dream in order to get that reward, or said another way, if you consequence yourself with withdrawing that as an entitlement and not having it, if you don't keep your promises, suddenly we become incredibly capable of remembering our water. Or we suddenly have the brilliant insight to set an alarm on our phone to tell us to get up and walk every hour. We suddenly, I call it bionic. We become bionically intelligent to do things if we think we're going to lose our treat. Other things work too, like just annoying things like push-ups or burpees or babysitting for your brother (laughs) or having to write out a physical card to somebody. You know, like let's say your behavior impacts another person. Yeah. Write them a, a physical card. 
But for our very punitive people, you know, people who really like to suffer, who go, yeah, I'd sleep on the floor, I'd take a cold shower, I'd, you know, lash myself. <laughs> I, I love abuse. You know, for people who love abuse, their consequence could actually be something annoying that is pleasurable. Hmm. For example, if I run on adrenaline, like if I get that hyped up rushing feeling, which I used to get all the time and now I get rarely, I have to putter for 10 minutes and accomplish nothing. Like just walk around the house doing... Walk around, sit still and do nothing. <laughs> Extra meditation, <laughs> read a book. Like things that I'm just like, uh, this is not my agenda right now. Right, right. <laughs> Which is the perfect consequence because it forces me to get back to my purpose. It forces me to calm down. It forces me to prioritize and think straight. But I don't want to do that. I just want to keep doing stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's a good answer to your original question about people who are overly punitive. You could have something like... You have to take a bath. I had a client once, I, you know, I said, if you're going to engage in negative inner dialogue for more than a minute, I want you to go to the mirror and talk to yourself until you smile and or laugh. I want you to go to the mirror and sing a song to yourself okay. and dance around like a lunatic. Huh. I mean, so it can be things that are absolutely annoying, but get to the point, yeah. but are not punitive. Huh. Okay. Are you thinking like of that. some new I'm like thinking of like so many things right now going through my head. So that's like the tip of the iceberg with Handle Group, right? You can right? have me back. <laughs> I, have, I have many things to say. <laughs> Do you have some like great success stories you could share? Oh my gosh. So, so many, many, I'm sure. So many. What, what, pick a, um, pick a topic, pick an area. Well, we kind of already covered like health, body. I mean, you, do you know the story of my husband and me? Um, you probably well, I do, do know Will and I know you. <laughs> I probably heard the story, but why don't you tell it? The other thing that really often comes up in, in coaching, of course, is relationships. And we have all the same BS as everyone does about why they don't work. Oh, it's the other person's fault. <laughs> I'm doing another webinar today about time. I was just laughing to myself because we're also in a relationship with time and we treat time the same way we treat our partners and lovers. Like, oh, it's their fault. It's, it's not my fault. It's its fault. So similarly, when I was feeling disconnected and not intimate with my husband, I could have just said, oh, you know, we have two small kids. We're too busy. We have so much on our minds. It's stressful. We live in New York. We're dealing with businesses, blah, blah, blah. But my coach didn't believe any of that. She was like, no, you're disconnected to your husband for some reason that you can control. So go find out what the heck it is. And so I actually, again, power of coaching is they actually make you do things and then they follow up to make sure you did them. So I was supposed to have a conversation with my husband where I explained my dream, explained, and then tried to figure out like all my reasons are BS as to why we don't have this. What, what, can you help me understand what might be the real reason? So I did that. And he, he really at first did not want to have that conversation with me. He was like, we're fine. And I was like, you will have this conversation. I, I was like, trust me, <laughs> we're fine is not going to fly with my coach. Right. <laughs> so again, power of accountability. So I said, honey, I'm not going to be mad. You can tell me anything. I'm so receptive. Please enlighten me. I will be so grateful. Doe eyes, sweetness, pouty lips. And he did. He, he did something very, very, very brave. I remember that day, even though it was many, many years ago now. He said, Lori, here's the truth. When I talk to you, I only ever get about three or four sentences in before you interrupt me. And I know you don't mean to. I know you get away with that with your friends. But for me, it is like a physical assault. <laughs> It is so unnerving. I cannot get my train of thought back. And by the way, you interrupt me about things that have nothing to do with what I'm talking about. You take it on some other tangent that's about your anxieties and what you care about. It sucks. And I stopped trying to talk to you years ago. I was like, oh, that is Boom. not what I wrote in my homework. 
I don't have like uh, for such a smart person. That wasn't how the hard conversation was going to go. I, well, I didn't know how it was going to go, but I certainly didn't know the real answer to why I was right. not having my dream. Right. And in that moment, you know, your whole life, these are these pivotal moments in coaching where your life flashes before your face and you're it, like kind of, I think where you were two months after we talked, which is where you're like, wait a second. I can actually fix this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Know? And that's, I had that moment and I decided I'm not going to defend myself. I could, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to excuse myself. I'm going to apologize and mean it. Yeah. And I did. And you could see his whole life pass before his face. Cause he was like, uh, okay, if she's not going to be the bitch and the, the, the selfish one, then I don't get to be the martyr and the chicken. So this whole dynamic's going to change. Right. Which was, you know, again, brave of him, brave of me. And in that moment, everything changed. I really, I said, you know, I said, love, honor, and cherish in front of all our friends and all our community. And then I never listened to an entire story. And that is bullshit. <laughs> and I'm sorry. And I really <laughs> meant it. And then I realized I had like 20 other sorries to make of all the other people in my life. But right. anyway, that's for another day. So in that moment, I promised him no more interrupting. I made a physical action promise, no more interrupting. And still to this day, if I interrupt, I do a chore of his. That's the consequence. Yeah, because I don't I'm selfish. I don't like doing chores. God knows. I do not like doing chores. So to this day, 10, 15 years later, I still have to have a consequence because my nature is selfish and my nature is interrupt. I'm a Jewish New Yorker woman. I like to talk as you can tell and Amazing. I even get away with it sometimes. Amazing. So where can people find you and where can people find Handout Group? Excellent. Well, a couple things we can offer. First of all, because of muscle medicine, everybody gets a discount on our digital program. So everybody Amazing. just write down muscle medicine 75. I'm sure it will be in the, in the show notes. Yes. But muscle medicine 75 will get you your 75 bucks off of our digital program. So and gracious. it's a lifetime subscription. So it's an insane deal. It's a crazy deal. And now it just got better with that discount from thanks to you, Emily. So that's number one. Number two, we do free phone consultations. We still are at a level in our business where we think that's the right thing to do because we actually want to find out from you is coaching going to work for you? You want to find out from from us, you know, what is coaching? How does it work? What does it cost? But we want to find out from you too. And we have a lot of questions for you as well, because it's not for everybody. As you have pointed out, it is really is for when you are ready to go to work. You're ready to do written homework. You're ready to apply yourself. You're ready to be held to account. So, so we like to do that interview with people. And we so we give that away for free. 30 minutes, free consultation. Again, the link will be below if you want to know. Yeah. what we do in regards to the digital or the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then, oh yes, there is one other thing. If you are not ready to make that kind of commitment, you can do something really fun and totally free, which is you can click on the link to the current reality quiz. And the current reality quiz is a little cheeky. It's a little funny. I hope you will enjoy it, <laughs> but it will give you a really good sense of what kinds of things we deal with in coaching how we deal with them by simply asking you to rate on a scale of one to 10, some different areas, and we'll give you a rating scale. And then you'll tally up your ratings and you'll get a little diagnosis of what we, you know, what the handout method this says. Is like the online where you are. Is this is like the online quiz. This is, it takes five minutes. That's it's, amazing. If you keep a sense of humor, you might even enjoy it. Awesome. Um, it's called the current reality quiz and that costs you nothing and you will be educated. And then you'll even, if you do end up going into a consultation or you end up doing the digital product or you end up coaching, you will already have your score, your score, and you will already know kind of where to focus and what we're going to you know, force you to look at. So amazing. Those are my great recommendations. I love it. Thank you so much. 
I feel like these tools are invaluable in my life and I can't wait for everyone else to start exploring them. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Lori is such a powerhouse. So she gave us, along with Handel Group, so many great resources. So if you need to talk to a human, which probably 99% of us do, and to see if Handel Group coaching options are right for you, go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash muscle consult. This is our link just for muscle medicine listeners. And a really, really cool offer. Handel Group has a product called Inner You, a digital coaching course from Lauren Zander, who's the founder of Handel Group. 14 hours of online audio coaching, 50 written assignments. I know that sounds like a lot, but they are super helpful. A community chat and so much more. So if you want $75 off the subscription level at the checkout for Inner You Coach, use the code MUSCLEMEDICINE75. All of these links are in the show notes. And if you want to learn more, go to handlegroup.com or visit HG Life Coaching on Facebook. And if you feel like this content is adding value, I don't know how it couldn't. Handle Group is such an amazing resource. Go to iTunes, rate and review Muscle Medicine. It helps us so much spread the word. Thank you so much. See you next week, guys. Yeah.